and welcome back after a brief summer hiatus to Health Law Diagnosed, a MINS podcast dedicated to health law, health policy, and social issues in the healthcare industry. I'm Bridget Keller, your podcast host, and I'm really excited for our topic today and to introduce you to my guest, Bree Hitchin from Allidade. Founded in 2014, Allidade offers a new model of primary care that helps physicians be successful in value-based care while remaining independent and building strong, impactful relationships with their patients. Allidate has grown rapidly over the last few years and currently partners with hundreds of practices responsible for nearly 1.7 million patients across the country. And what they're doing is supporting the delivery of seamless, affordable, high quality healthcare services. So Bree is a healthcare regulatory attorney by training and background. She joined Allidate about a year ago and hit the ground running. She focuses on supporting the business with regulatory counseling and compliance advice. And given all that is happening in the value-based care arena and the growth and success of ACOs in delivering value-based care, I thought it would be great to have a discussion with Bree about what's on her mind generally as she counsels her clients in this space. So with that, Bree, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Bridget. I'm um, I'm excited to talk about this. That was a, a great introduction to Allidade since it's a company that I would say operates in a space that a lot of people don't know about. So it's, 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 that was a perfect introduction. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm thinking, why don't we jump right in? What, what's on the top of your mind each day is, you know, you come to work and you think, Oh, what am I worried about today? What are you thinking about? I mean, I would be lying if I said, if I didn't say that the first thing is sort of the federal regulatory landscape and, and the, the overarching programs that we operate in, you know, the MSSP program, how it's, it's only really been around for 10 years. And so in the growth of the MSSP program and the growth of value-based care in the Medicare Advantage space, you're always sort of thinking about what's going to happen next and where are we going to go and what do we need to concern ourselves with and sort of staying on top of um, any federal guidance, whether it's from OIG or CMS, and understanding like what, what are they worried about and what should we also be worried about? Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of, you know, forward looking, right? You know, basically what, what the federal government decides to do with these programs is where you go next. So that makes perfect sense why it's on, t- on the top of your mind. So tell me a little bit about Allidade's, you know, success in the MSSP space. Yeah, we've, you know, we just released within the last couple of months our our 2021 results. 2021 results came out and I believe it was August. We were really fortunate to announce that Allidade's ACOs saved the Medicare program more than $390 million Wow. Just in the Allidade ACOs alone. And, That's incredible. And yeah, and coming off the, you know, the success of the MSSP program generally, and then the practices that Allidade works with to have such strong success in that we were really, really excited to see those numbers. And then on top of that, we worked in the Medicare Advantage space, which is obviously huge. And with how many Medicare eligible beneficiaries are enrolled in Medicare Advantage, which I believe it's about 48%, close to 50%. So that is such a big space as well. And that's an area that we are focused on, certainly in in sort of growing and seeing the same savings and seeing growing savings for the Medicare Advantage and the program itself. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And so, you know what, for our listeners who are new to this space, you know, they'll take one step back and talk about the MSSP, the Medicare Shared Savings Program. I think I want to say it was CMS's first foray into a value-based care program. And like you said, Bree, it was, you know, over 10 years ago now. But that was for traditional Medicare beneficiaries, patients who are seeing providers um, under the traditional fee-for-service model. And the MA space, right, that Part C, um, you know, benefit, that's for patients who are receiving their Medicare benefits through a commercial health plan. So I see what you're saying. It's really important to think, okay, how can we take this success under the MSSP and bring it over to our providers who are participating in, you know, um, MA plans or who have MA contracts and how can they be successful and bring those shared savings. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, and it aligns with what I know about Allidade too, right? You want to reach the entire population um, and really impact healthcare on a whole. Right. Yep. The goal is, you know, good for patients, good for practices and physicians and good for society. And the only way to really fully do the good that we want to do is to reach as many beneficiaries as possible. And so that means bringing value-based care and the benefits of value-based care to all the different care delivery systems that we can. And the primary care space is one of the best spaces for that. Absolutely. Interesting. Okay. So what else is on your mind? Number two. I would say we started with federal, but the state regulatory frameworks and where the states, how they may or may not regulate our business, that is that is definitely a number two, especially as these value-based care programs and entities similar to Allidade as they grow, you know, how states may regulate us or may not regulate is definitely a concern. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's got to be difficult, right? Because Allidade, you're not an insurer in any way, right? You're not an insurer, you're not an insurer adjacent, but you do take on some business risk, right? So how does that work? Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head, Bridget. We're, we're not an insurance company. You know, we don't do insurance company activities, but we take on business risk in that when we take on downside risk, we take it on as business risk. And states are grappling with how do or don't they regulate a company like Allidade, which is in the ACO enablement space. And they're grappling with, do we work within their existing regulatory framework and sort of fit a square peg into a round hole? Or do they focus on what does our business look like? And do we even need to be regulated based on the concerns of their current regulatory framework? If we don't trigger the concerns that the regulatory frameworks were written for, then do we need to be regulated is, is a big question that we've discussed as a business in a few different states, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really interesting because, you know, you have states, everyone, they all do it a little bit differently, right? But the primary goal is consumer protection, right? And we want to be sure that, you know, insurers have the money to pay the claims when they take on risk. So it's interesting, right? Because like you're saying, an ACO enabling company would never impact payment of claims for a patient or would never really, you know, impact what the patient is receiving through their insurer, which is fully licensed and bonded, I'm sure, under that state. So it'll be interesting to see how the states come out on this, because you're right. If you're not triggering the public policy goals, why regulate in this space at all? But of course, sometimes as, as new things come up, it takes a little while for the regs to catch up to them. So it'll be interesting to see where the states fall. It, it's funny because they say sort of, law lags behind technology or new advancements by five years. And that's sort of a, a number that I've remembered since law school. And now 
when you work for a company like Allidade, where I'm so familiar with what Allidade is, but explaining the Allidade business and the Allidade business model to regulators who are maybe more focused on traditional, what they think of as insurance, or they're obviously focused on if in, in the health insurance space, they're concerned about beneficiaries, so consumer protection, and also practice and physician protection, ensuring that they're paid the money from the insurance companies that they are that they are owed, but trying to explain to them that we don't interfere with that, nor do we at all impact that. That can be tough. And so there are states like New Jersey and California who have state regulatory frameworks that are potentially broad enough to capture similar types of arrangements. But when their focus is about insurance activities and insurance companies and you know the more traditional insurance risk bearing activities that 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 just isn't us that isn't validated right yeah no it makes perfect sense and so you must be uh, monitoring this and watching it closely um, as it will definitely impact the business um, as things develop absolutely and always wanting to be prepared with a strategy in the event something changes or in the event we, you know, we want to enter into an arrangement where we're just not sure what state regulatory framework is going to impact it. We we want to make sure that we that state regulation doesn't impact or impede the growth of the business, but also the care that we hope to help our member practices achieve. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's already a lot. I mean, we've talked about the federal regulatory space, the state regulatory space. Are there any other business issues that come to top of mind? Yeah, I mean when we talk about business opportunities and, and growth, Allidade has recently, within the year 2022, launched the Allidade Care Solutions, which is our um, wraparound healthcare services unit that works to provide sort of support for our member practices. And also, it's a new venture for Allidade, but it's it's something that you know, we we hope to really support the member practices that we work with. And and we believe that ACS is a good way of doing that. Oh, definitely. So how does ACS deliver its wraparound services? It's primarily supporting our member practices by providing virtual visits and consultations to the patients of our member practices through providing case management and helping to monitor complex chronic conditions that which can be difficult and you know really require a lot of care at the uh, care delivery really for independent primary care physicians which are busy and have a lot of patients to monitor as it is so ACS acts as a way to support the practices in those value based care endeavors or initiatives that's great. And so what are there any other regulatory issues that you've encountered as Allidade has, you know, begun this new venture and its support of ACS? So aside from telehealth regulation, which we can circle back to, obviously in setting up ACS, the concern initially was the corporate practice of medicine in the various states that we intended to set up in. That's when you're sort of working with physicians and providing healthcare services, that's step one is what is the corporate practice of medicine rules in the states that you want to employ physicians in and what does that what does that look like and and what does the contractual arrangement structure need to look like yeah oh absolutely i mean these are all great questions and um, a lot of really interesting work that you're encountering on a daily basis <laughs> i mean absolutely and, and as as we were as i sort of hinted at the telehealth space 
in itself, as as we've all seen in the uh, post-COVID world, telehealth has been booming over the last few years. And as we sort of keep an eye on, you know, it's kind of going back to that federal regulation piece, as we sort of keep an eye on the federal, so, so the Medicare flexibilities and the state regulation of telehealth activities, we, we're eyeing that there's a very good chance the federal public health emergency ends and what that means for telehealth going forward and the delivery of care through telehealth. And so that's absolutely a concern both for ACS and for just our member practices in general. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So what's number four on your mind? Number four is interesting because I would describe myself as a you know healthcare regulatory lawyer, but the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, or we call it the TCPA, is something that, you know, with our business initiatives and, and how we support our member practices, it's it's a area that I also have begun monitoring and keeping a close eye on both the federal TCPA and then what we call sort of the the mini TCPAs at the state level, because I believe almost every state that I've had to look at has some sort of similar, but maybe slightly different law or regulations that are about calling and texting and sort of telephone consumer protection. And so we, I, I closely monitor the states that we're operating in for those particular laws and regulations. Wow. Bree, you you have definitely have a lot going on at work. Um, <laughs> and I think it's interesting. What's really cool about your practice um, at Allidade is that you touch on a wide array of issues in the health regulatory space. And then, like you just said, outside of the health regulatory space. I mean, even in healthcare, you know, we have to be aware of things like the TCPA and make sure, you know, um, we're in compliance with with those things as well. So this is so interesting. I know I asked you for five things, but why don't you tell us a little bit about you, about Brie? What's the fifth thing that's on your mind? We're, we're recording <laughs> this on a Wednesday, um, a Wednesday morning. So it's not too close to a weekend, but what, what, do you, what do you have going on? You know, it's funny. So I'm still recovering from a Harry Styles concert on Monday night. And so Hi. I'm hoping for a, uh, a low-key week because I then am traveling next week to go see a Lizzo concert in Charlotte. So I've got a lot of concerts and a lot of fun coming up and and trying to downtime a little bit because I turn 30 in just a couple of weeks. So really trying to uh, maximize the the downtime in between all the excitement. Oh, that's so fun, Brie. Well, happy early birthday. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much for your time today. This conversation has been a lot of fun and it's very informative. Um, your practice is so interesting. And, you know, I look forward to working with you on these issues um, in the future and seeing how Allidate continues to grow. The value-based care space is exciting and Allidate is a really exciting um, company. And I'm so happy to see their success. So really appreciate your time today and taking the time out of your schedule to do this with us. Thank you. This has been great. And I very much echo. I'm looking forward to continuing to work with you and, and Mince. And um, I know Allidade appreciates all of your support. All right. So listeners, if you have any questions about this or previous episodes, please email us at healthlawdiagnosed at mince.com. I'm Bridget Keller, and this was Health Law Diagnosed. <laughs> <laughs>